Folks, we're taking a bit of a walk down memory lane, remembering some of our fondest uh, Jets 2.0 players who are no longer members of the team. All of this coming in light of the uh, the Paul Stastny signing with the Carolina Hurricanes, which we're actually going to talk about a little bit at the start of the show. But later on, we'll reflect on some former Jets greats and think about, you know, what they've done since then, where they are now, and what we hope for their futures. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Now, like I mentioned at the start of the top of the episode, uh, you know, obviously this episode is going to focus a lot on uh, former Jets greats, um, players who are maybe fan favorites for one reason or another, uh, or guys that I've really been fond of over the years. Um, some of them you'll probably remember fondly. Uh, one or two you probably might disagree with, but you know, obviously everyone has their own favorite players. Uh, some of you probably really miss uh, Tanner Glass or Chris Thorburn. And I'm sure some of you would probably uh, want to see the the old GST line back again uh, from the from the grand old days, I guess. But before we kind of kick off and, and take a look a little bit in the past, I thought it would be worth visiting the, the present because one of those former players, um, uh, you know, who, who is recently a pretty fond fan favorite and somebody that I think a lot of Jets fans are going to be kind of sad to see leave is Paul Stastny. Now, Paul has signed with the Carolina Hurricanes for one year. Uh, at one and a half million, which for the Canes is honestly fantastic value. If you're looking for a really good middle six center who can honestly play somewhere uh, basically uh, in just about any situation up and down your lineup, whether you need him in your top six, maybe as like a second line center, or uh, if you want him supporting one of your depth units where you don't have to rely so much on really heavy deployments, whatever it is you need out of him, you know, for one and a half million for a season, you just simply cannot go wrong. That's fantastic value. He's a great player, still an amazing passer. Uh, that vision and spatial awareness that he has, uh, still excellent. He's got a pretty you know solid shot. Not that he'll necessarily use it a ton, but you know as like an elite setup guy. Um, again, you just really can't complain for the contract price. I kind of wanted to start off with him though because I thought he had some interesting comments uh, before he left the Jets and when he signed with Carolina. It, it was basically implied that. He's looking for a team that wants to take the next step, uh, a team that he feels is, you know, charted on, on a course for the right direction, which for Stastny is very interesting to hear that from him in part because, you know, previously Stastny was very much a Jets guy. You know, we traded for him several years ago and that was a really fun time. It basically came out of nowhere um, at the time. I think it was between him and who was it like Derek Broussard or something. And of course, uh, was it Broussard? I don't even remember. Um, but either way, you know, Stastny ended up being the guy because Vegas tried to kind of pull a fast one on the Jets 
And instead, Winnipeg got the better center and Stastny ever since kind of cemented his place in recent Winnipeg Jets folklore as honestly a, a really great player and a very hardworking guy, very outspoken, very much a uh, a fan favorite, somebody who I think in a lot of ways exemplified what Jets fans kind of want to see out of Winnipeg skaters. And so for him to kind of go from um, joining the Jets and being super excited about the cup run and even going so far as to return a couple of years later to now wanting to do something else with this time because he feels uh, the Jets are kind of a waste and he's you know not real happy with the locker room, I think speaks volume as to where um, you know speaks volumes as to where the Jets have kind of fallen off. Um, you know, I think look, I, I get that Stastny is like 36, 37. So with veteran players, you know, they're they're pretty much set in their ways. You're not really looking to have them um, grow and develop with the team. But I think for my personal thoughts on this, I I don't really want to hear that coming from uh, a really established voice. It's alarming in a lot of ways that it, it's gotten to a point where Stastny, uh, I think it was what, he was with Shifley or Wheeler during an exit interview at the end of the season and kind of cut off one of them and basically said that there were guys who weren't really pulling their weight and that he wasn't really happy with. And I feel like for the Jets to not really get to a point of dressing this and getting out in front of it, I'm, I'm very concerned that, you know, coming up into the uh, the next few seasons, I don't know if Winnipeg is going to be able to repair the situation. The guys who might be responsible for the locker room rifts and stuff are still here. And while I wouldn't say that you have to get rid of everyone, I do have to ask what exactly is being done to repair the frac- like the fractured relationships and friendships. Um, this team kind of has to have a bit of a vibes check, a bit of a relationships check. And I think Bones was really alluding to communication being something that he wants to focus on because he feels uh, to some degree that that is something that's seriously lacking with this team. The fact that he made it such a point in his earlier press conferences to me says that he feels uh, it's kind of a crucial element of his early, I guess, development of this team and uh, the you know some of the work that he wants to get underway immediately. So um, it's it's not great to hear that, you know, Stastny feels the Jets are kind of off course and heading in a negative direction. And I think my biggest concern is that, you know, by and large, the Jets this offseason, they haven't really adjusted course, have they? It kind of feels like we're going more towards the same thing, which it's it's not, you know, 100% true. I mean, obviously, uh, Bones and his assistant staff are going to be a bit of a change of pace. But you look at the roster, man, and they didn't really make all that many changes. In fact, if anything, this team is significantly worse than it was in the past couple of seasons. And there doesn't really seem to be any sign of players who are coming to this team in the near future. So unless they're really relying on some of the youth, which I I can endorse to a point, right? I can endorse if you want to give uh, you know, the idea of like having kids fill in those roles, develop them at the NHL level. All right, that that for me is fine. But, um, it, you know, it kind of depends on the objective. If you want to develop the kids, that kind of tells me that you're probably preparing for a rebuild in the near term. If you're trying to make the playoffs and be competitive, well, this team just ain't going to cut it. So there's going to be uh, more than likely some very rough early goings. I hope that we don't hear about continued locker room relationship issues because, uh, this team needs all the positive vibes you can get. Last year was just kind of trash. Um, and I think a lot of people on the team were pissed off at each other, were pissed off at themselves. Again, hearing Pionk kind of say that he was embarrassed by his own performance. It's it just you don't really ever want to hear that coming from a player. Um, 
especially a guy who had a pretty serious injury and kind of had a season derailed after that. So, you know, let's just uh, hope for some more positive vibes and some bigger smiles from the Jets. Josh Morrissey, I think, is a really good situation in which you saw a guy who has really gone through um, some unbelievable turmoil and and turbulence in his life. And, you know, I, I think it was really part of what was happening on the ice as well. And all of that kind of meshing together was just, it it was hard to see him smile, but, you know, recently he's seemingly come back uh, to his old self. He seems a lot more relaxed, a lot happier. You know, it's, it's just a good sign. And I think I want that for, you know, the rest of the team, the, that positive energy, that positive vibe, uh, because the team could desperately use it right now. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that Bones can be the guy to restore it, but, you know, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. So let's just hope for a, a more positive outlook on the season. And, uh, yeah, I guess hope for the best if they want to make the playoffs because, you know, I've, I've certainly spent a lot of time saying, all you know, all the reasons that I think they're not really destined for much. But, you know, I, I would love to be wrong for once and for the Jets to kind of show me up. So we'll see what they do over the next few months. But, After kind of talking about the present, I sort of wanted to take a little bit of a step back and talk about the past, Uh, more specifically past players that I'm very fond of. Some of you probably will also be fond of these guys and kind of go back with some of the funniest memories and things uh, with these guys and what they they really brought to this franchise uh, in just a moment. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. More than just online betting, though, BetOnline really wants to bring stuff like podcasts, league reviews, updates, live scores, live look-ins, and all of that content right at your fingertips. They've got reviews and news of every league you can imagine, whether you're into the MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, even horse racing when the Triple Crown race is on. Whatever it is you're into, they've got you covered. And if you don't like sports, first off, why are you listening to me talk? Um, But second off, they've also got Vegas casino games because they want to be something for just about everyone. They continue to be your your number one online source for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting to scores, podcasts, and everything in between. So if you're interested, be sure to head on to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account and get started because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at the, uh, I guess, past, so to speak, and and reflecting on some wonderful former players. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. And now it's time to step into a bit of a time machine and, and travel back in the past and talk about some of our favorite former players. Uh, these guys are all going to be from the Jets 2.0 franchise. I feel like that's recent enough history. I wasn't really around for the 90s era and previously so. Um, you know, aside from guys who are very obvious, like Solani and, and Dale Howardchuck and a few others, um, that era of the Jets for me, uh, you know, I, I wasn't really around to experience that. But I'm sure a lot of you have, uh, you know, a lot of players that you like. So if there are guys who you feel maybe didn't didn't get recognition or something, actually drop them in the comments below. Maybe I'll be able to look up uh, some of their exploits and stuff and see what, you know, Winnipeggers and, and hockey fans at the time were saying. But starting off with... Uh, more contemporary players. The first one that I want to mention that I think pretty much everyone across the board generally liked watching uh, is Dustin Bufflin. And Bufflin, I think, for for just about every Jets fan, is like the ideal Winnipeg player. He's a guy who was a constant workhorse on the ice 
And he was truly, I would say unique uh, is probably the best way to describe it. I don't think I've ever seen somebody play the position of defender in the way that he did. A lot of times you would almost imagine him to be this big brawny power forward, but he had such a good understanding of how to use his frame defensively, whether it's shutting down passing and shooting lanes, um, using that physicality and strength of his to just sort of push guys off the puck and force turnovers and then transition the puck back up the ice because he was an incredibly gifted skater, extremely mobile, and it just allowed him to sort of rumble down the wings and create space and then score. I mean, this guy was a natural scorer. And, you know, you could see why back in the day uh, he was thought to be a forward. But it's kind of funny because Chicago, I think the GM at the time, basically said he would never be anything, even though he was drafted like basically, what was it, with one of the very last, if not the absolute last pick of the draft. And instead, he blossomed into, honestly, one of the greatest Jets defenders ever. And, uh, you know, maybe even um, a player who was at the caliber uh, in his like best years at the level of some Hall of Fame defenders, a guy who was just dominant in every zone of the ice and who truly played the position like no one else. He could pick up two guys by the scruff of the neck and drag them around inside uh, away from scrums. He was very comfortable using that physicality on the forecheck. Uh, he certainly was a known scrapper. I mean, people would just basically kind of back away if he challenged him to a fight. Um, you know, Bufflin, he was everything that I think Jets fans loved bomb of a shot, bomb of a, a right hook, and just a really, really fun player. And for me, it's going to be hard to not watch him again. You know, back in the day, he was one of the star attractions of this team. And ever since he's left, there's just really never been anyone to replace his his presence, his impact, um, the persona that he brought, the personality that he had. All of that stuff, I just feel... The Jets have never really found a replacement for, and you can't really replace him. I mean, that's kind of impossible with somebody who is as singular and special as Bufflin was. Um, it's disappointing that his career kind of ended on a sour note. I always hoped that he would retire uh, with honors from the Jets, a guy who's been just a, a workhorse for this franchise and somebody that I think pretty much everyone enjoyed watching. But, you know, the, the way that things ended, it kind of feels like, there's just that little bit of unfinished business somewhere. And while he himself is not ever going to skate in the NHL again, and certainly hasn't been doing much of, uh, you know, much of anything these days other than just, I think, fishing and kind of relaxing, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I wish it could have ended differently, but, you know, for one of our, our true greats of this modern era of Jets hockey, we got to really enjoy some sp special years with him. So whatever he's up to these days, I hope, you know, Dustin, you're enjoying life and having a great time. Um, Winnipeg really, uh, I think, you know, was grateful to watch him just kind of be himself and, and do stuff that no one else has ever done for this franchise and play a position in a way that no one else may ever play again. It, it's kind of like uh, uh, <laughs> the way that you talk about Eric Carlson um, being such a unique modern defender. Bufflin for me was kind of a similar sort of special player, a guy who, uh, again, I don't think will ever be replicated. And maybe that's for the best because it'll always mean that we as Jets fans got to watch a truly special, truly unique player um, and somebody who the league is never really going to see again. But of course, he wasn't the only defender that I had a really big soft spot for. This next guy is always very controversial. Every time I bring him up, um, you get very split reactions from fans. 
But this guy, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about in just a moment, but I think he probably deserves more respect from the fan base because of, you know, you, you can disagree and argue with his on ice stuff. And I've, I've certainly got my assessment of his play. But if there's one thing that I will always say about him is that he was endlessly faithful and loyal to this organization. We'll talk about this special player in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are taking a look at the, uh, you know, some of our most recent, you know, recently departed Winnipeg Jets players, guys who were fan favorites or in some cases, maybe a little bit more controversial among the fan base. Um, for the most part, I think a lot of these guys are beloved for different reasons. But this next one is a player that I think a lot of people, uh, they really had mixed feelings on because he was small, he was old, and people kind of just saw that and thought that he wasn't good at his job. I'm, of course, talking about Tobias Enstrom. And Toby, for I think a lot of people, was, for me, the barometer of how you saw defense. Toby was not really a guy who was abundantly physical. He wasn't super fast. Uh, his knees towards the end of his career really couldn't keep up. And you could, court, you, you, could, you could sort of see him occasionally getting pushed off the puck. But I think what Enstrom understood better than almost anyone out there was the limitations of his own body. You know, he had the super long stick. And a lot of his game was sort of reading and anticipating play before it developed. And basically just sort of occupying spaces to where it wasn't really easy to score on, uh, you know, on him um, when he was basically, uh, you know, sweeping, passing and shooting lanes, blocking spaces off and just being a general nuisance. It, it was very difficult for, um, you know, opposing forwards and stuff to really get by him. And look, he was smaller. He wasn't exactly fleet of foot, but he made up for it with a, a, a mind that I think a lot of people very much underestimated at the time. And his loss, I think, for this team meant a lot more than people realize. Again, you know, you had Bufflin already leaving, which was devastating, but then Enstrom was kind of the last guy really balancing that top four and giving us a genuinely good defense. And, uh, you know, ever since then, we've never really had somebody with his defensive presence, calmness, and exitability that's been able to replace him. So, you know, for me, Enstrom, it, it was always a very sad departure. I feel like the team um, and, and kind of Paul Maurice really did wrong by him. And he really took it personally. I, I've, uh, you know, that's one of the few things that I would say I've always been bothered by ever since then. But, uh, you know, for a guy who did so much, you know, waiving his protection to potentially be selected by Vegas um, and, and just somebody who was a workhorse for the Jets, who was extremely committed to the cause and who basically gave his all every time he was out there. I just felt like for for how his career ended with the Jets, it will always hurt me. Uh, I, I really loved him. I thought that he was a fantastic player, uh, a great ambassador for the Jets team. And it's a shame that, you know, one of the few guys who I felt was kind of a Jets lifer really didn't get the recognition, respect and uh, treatment that he deserved towards the end of his career. But, you know, bygones are bygones. Toby, I think, you know, eventually was going to have to leave anyways um, to be with his wife and, and take care of her and spend time with her. Obviously, he, you know, like Josh and some of the other guys on this team, they had some really difficult, you know, personal stuff going on in the background. And so, you know, wherever he is now, I just hope that he's having a great time, that he's getting to spend all the time that he can with his family um, and just, you know, getting to getting to experience all the stuff that, you know, as as a pro player, you don't get as much time with. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize how much time you spend away from your your, your kids, um, your spouses and partners, 
your your family and extended family. So, you know, maybe now was the time, you know, where he can finally get that opportunity and just kind of kick his feet up. I mean, you know, so many players like this, uh, real workhorses for their team, you know, they can reflect and, and look back on a pretty amazing career. Likewise, there's one last player that I want to spotlight, a guy that I've also talked about on this podcast before. This one a little bit less controversial, I think, of in terms of fan uh, favoritism. Uh, Matthew Perot, I think most people really enjoyed. The only thing with Perot was that he you know, got injured a lot. But aside from that, Matty P was basically one of the few free agents that joined the Jets that I would say really you know, changed and impacted the team. This guy was such a pest, such an offensive menace. Uh, very crafty, very creative, and very outspoken. I mean, he was not afraid to call guys out. He said, <laughs> I remember when he called out Jacob Trubo when Trubo was, you know, talking about moving to uh, the U.S. Um, and kind of had that holdout year. Perot was like, well, you know, the longer you are away from this team, with the, it feels like we don't even need you, which I think was probably a little bit strongly worded, but you know, Perot always felt like he was, uh, you know, for me, sticking up for the Jets, sticking up for his teammates. Uh, he was always afraid, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to scrap with guys. He would mix it right up in the corners. He would grind there. He would, you know, get into sparring matches with people. Perot, I, I really feel like was, again, kind of like Bufflin, a, a guy who really embodied so much of what made Jets hockey special for me. And, you know, his departure, you know, mostly amicable, right? It was just kind of time for him to move on. Uh, and I think he wanted a chance to maybe play closer to home and, and really get to experience Habs hockey, even though that didn't, didn't really work out for him. But, you know, I think the funniest memory, of, of course, was uh, him almost scoring four or it was it was five goals for that million dollar prize. Um, and I don't remember who was uh, I think it was was it Montoya in net for Florida. And uh, he said he, he didn't even know that the fifth goal would lead to a million dollars. Otherwise, he would have just let one in. But, you know, closest anyone for the Jets has gotten since then. And, uh, yeah, just really fun memories with Perot, one of our best free agent signings ever. And I think if he ever wanted to come back and retire a Jet, I'm pretty sure the fan base would open their arms and say, you know, come on back. But, of course, these are some of my favorite recent Jets players. I'd love to hear yours. I'm sure some of you, you know, love and remember Kyle Wellwood. Um, Eric Tengradi, I think, probably has at least a few fans. Uh, Yoel Armia, I know for sure does, because like people talk about Armia all the time. Um, even though at the time I wasn't really as big of a fan of him, you know, since then I, I've kind of softened. And Brandon Tanov, another guy that certainly uh, split the fan base for a bit, but I think eventually endeared himself to a lot of us. You know, let me know who you would want me to talk about in the future and, and what players you think should be worth um, spotlighting. Uh, in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a, a, daily, a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice, free of charge as always. And again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.